Hello, Kryptonauts, and welcome back to another episode of Cryptocurrency Chat. I am your host, Blockchain John, with my co-host, Jake Jabrelli, ready to give you the news of the day. But before we get started, I want to check in with Jake and see what he's been up to. So, with that said, Jake, how's it going? Well, all kinds of neat stuff. Doing lots of development on the, on the uh, new hardware I've got in the, in the shop right now. Nice. Moved a couch out of my house to the shop and... Uh, Honestly, things out? are things are you know, no. I just moved an, an old couch from from my place to my shop because I didn't want, uh, didn't want it here anymore. You need a couch. But I just yeah. Sure. I was no. I didn't. I actually have two couches in the shop. So if anybody wants a couch, I got I got I got two. I'm not using. <laughs> the shop is just big. Right. The shop is like twice the size of my house. So. Well, I don't know if you've been watching the uh, the coin uh, the coin market cap or mm-hmm. coin, coin gecko, but. Bitcoin is down right now, dude. Yes, and I've it been, is. I've been buying. My trigger point was at 20k. Anything below that? Did it go below 20? My buying day. So, huh? Yeah, it did go below yeah, 20. Think, wow. It did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's where that's where I, I did all my buying today. I was so stoked. Yeah, and, and Ethereum's down I, below 15. Mm-hmm, wow. Mm-hmm, so the yeah. thing is, for me, I've been following is is um, uh, Cosmos. Cosmos, I guess, is back down again. But it's been way up since I started on Cosmos before it broke eight dollars. And now it's almost 11, uh, 10.50 right now. Cosmos has been doing it broke, all the way up to 13 recently. But anyways, let's all get right. over to the merch. No, Cointree. Let's talk about Cointree. Coin all right. So Cointree, Cryptonauts, if you want to be generous today, you guys can help donate uh, via crypto, Bitcoin, Ethereum, BNB, Raven, Bat, and a bunch of other coins. Check us, check it out at the coin tree in the description below. Also, if you want to uh, connect with us, we are in Discord. That's a place uh, to to hang out and chat with us at any time you want. Uh, check out our YouTube, our Twitter, Twitch, and on Odyssey. Of course, Odyssey, we're trying to trying to bring that up as much as possible. So please go ahead and subscribe there. With that said, let's move on over to the uh, job of the day. Let's do that first, and this one is from So Rare. Uh, once again, you guys can check it out on Discord. We do have a careers channel there. This is the customer support specialist. So Rare is at the intersection of sports, gaming, and NFTs through tradable digital cards. So Rare is designing a collective fantasy football experience where you can manage your favorite players, hone your passion to earn prizes, and be part of a community. Anyone, anywhere can connect with the game on So Rare. The company's mission is to build the game within the game and give to fans... Uh, and give to fa- what? And to give fans, players, and clubs the platform to celebrate, share, and own the game. Founded in 2018, SoRare has been seen tremendous growth. Uh, the platform had a card sales volume of over 250 million dollars since January 2021 across 160 countries. SoRare is backed by a world-class team of investors, including SoftBank, Benchmark, Accel Partners, footballers such as uh, Gerald Piquet, and, and Antonio Griezmann, and Rio. Uh, Ferdinand and key tech investors such as uh, Alexis Ohanian. All right, there's a bunch more there. Responsibilities you're going to be uh, uh, availability, uh, uh, ability to solve upwards to 100 and more customers per, uh, per support, uh, support tickets per day, which is not bad, I think. Uh, learn to identify common problems, escalate tickets to customer support's needs as needed. All right, your requirements. Uh, you got to be excellent writer, verbal, and communication skills in English. All right, good active listening skills. You got to be motivated. Uh, you got to have patience, professionalism, and empathy. All right, prior experience in customer service and startups environment is a plus. So if you're interested in joining this so rare job for customer support specialist, go ahead and check them out in our dis- uh, in our Discord. So with that said, we're going to go back to Discord for our quote of the day. 
and you can check this out here at C3 Media General. Quote of the day is, or episode 436 is from Andreas Antonopoulos. The idea that you can bootstrap a global currency from nothing was in itself a ridiculous idea. Yep. Boom. On to the all news. Right. Thank you all news. for so checking gonna, it out. We will no, start wait, here. One more, one Go ahead. more thing. One more thing. We got some merch. Of course, check out oh, our merch yeah. over uh, <laughs> once again in the description below. We do have a couple t-shirts there. Black uh, uh, Diamond Hands and Black t-shirts. Stacks Hats and Hoddle. And Diamond Hands. So once again, that's going to be in the description below. All right. Now, on to the news. Jake, take us off with the first one. Hey, we're talking about crypto Twitter since it is Sunday. Sunday, uh, August 28th, the end of the eighth month of the year. And, of course, we always hit it up on crypto Twitter. So this week on crypto Twitter, did Isra uh, Israel regulators know how insolvent Celsius was? And did BitBoy really let A to Z off the hook? <laughs> Probably not. It was an underwhelming week. Let me pop this open so people can see it better. Okay, so it was an underwhelming week. The prices of all the leading cryptocurrencies went down over the last seven days, but not by much. There was there were few, relatively fewer stories on crypto adoption or regulation or fresh disasters from the ongoing crypto winter than usual. I guess it's good. It means it was less bad in the week, right? Over on crypto Twitter, there were more uh, things were more animated. Monday, Brian Armstrong, CEO of Coinbase, shared a table of how crypto regulations are developing among G20 states. And here's his tweet with a fairly large chart on it. But how much is Armstrong really celebrating? A graph showed, uh, shared that day by blockchain research group Arcane Research shows the amount of Bitcoin that was left exchanges has hit a new high since Terra's collapse. <laughs> and here's that chart, unfortunately. Uh, billionaire investor and Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban lambasted U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, or the SEC chair Gary Gensler, for not providing crypto lenders with guidelines clear enough to give feedback on. And here is his criticisms. Maya Zahavi, a founding board member of the Israeli Blockchain Industry Forum, spilled the beans that Israeli regulators may have known more about the insolvency of the now bankrupt crypto lender Celsius than U.S. authorities, since Celsius is partly run from offices in Tel Aviv. Back in March, former Celsius CFO Yarn Shalem uh, was one of 10 suspects arrested on suspicion of massive crypto fraud along with crypto mogul Moshi Hogeg. And here is Maya's tweet about that. YouTube com uh, crypto commentator Brian Ben Armstrong, otherwise known as BitBoy Crypto, announced on Wednesday he's dropping his lawsuit against Erling Mengchuel Jr., a.k.a. A to Z, because he in never intended the case to be made public. <laughs> crypto podcaster Kobe tweeted that the actions of BitBoy's lawyers tell a different story, and that quote is here. Instead, I'm just going to read this real quick because it's kind of interesting. Instead of dismissing the lawsuit, as BitBoy claimed, his lawyers have actually now filed a return of service, which establishes the date on which the answer must be filed. This is basically the opposite of dismissing it. Either BitBoy lied or his lawyers are not listening to him, which but that would be weird. Maggie Love, the co-founder of the director of cloud computing and storage provider W3B Cloud, asked an important question, how decentralized is Ethereum if most of its nodes are hosted on cloud services? And most of the nodes are under the control of Amazon Web Services. Very good question, Maggie. Very good question. 
NFT Twitter. On Monday, Farouk Samad, a founder of crypto-centered Rug Radio, that's a terrible name, <laughs> was taken aback at the sale price of a pudgy penguin NFT. Crypto sleuth Zach XBT smoothly exposed Sarmad's tweet as a shameless pump. Thank you. Thank you for that. NFT board, uh, pardon me, NFT investor Franklin is bored. <laughs> Accidentally dropped a lot of ETH on 60 Board Ape Yacht Club NFTs. That's not just a first world problem. It's a Web3 first world problem. He's like, I fumbled 15 to 20 more ETH than I intended to do. Yeah. Zach XPT returned on Wednesday with an impressive expose on Cameron Redman, a man who hacked various notable Twitter accounts in the NFT space, including NounsDAO and leading uh, crypto artist people. And here's his tweet on that. Finally, software engineer Molly White thinks NFT projects are generally in way over their heads when it comes to making video games. And Molly's tweet is there. And of course, we can't leave out Tornado Cash. Tornado Cash was a huge tornado on the market. <laughs> the U.S. Treasury Department's move to ban crypto transaction privacy tool Tornado Cash was bringing, was still bringing fresh revelations on crypto Twitter. Crypto reporter Brady Dale pointed out that Tornado Cash's Wikipedia page appear, appeared to be suppressed on Google. As it turned out, the page was created after the sanction, and Wikipedia routinely blocks search engine crawls on new pages. Finally, Jerry Brito, or Brito, 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 probably Brito, the executive director of crypto think tank Coin Center, said the U.S. Treasury's Office of Foreign Asset Control likely doesn't have the authority to go after Tornado Cash. And here's that tweet. So that wraps it up for Crypto Twitter. Any comment there, John? Well, of course. I mean, come on, the, the whole BitBoy thing, uh, that's... that's... <laughs> What is going on with that, man? I, 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 I want more revelation on that, for reals. Let me know what's going on with that. Yeah, there's probably, you know, we'll have to follow Crypto Twitter to find out from uh, Zach XPT what's going on, because it's, uh, you can't, once it's public, it's public. And if you keep filing, you're going to keep filing in public, which means somebody can look at what it's on. It's most likely digital, which means we can all check it out. So it would be smart. I'm, I'm not it would be smart, but I don't think of Ben Armstrong as being all that smart. So he's probably just going to continue to do dumb things. And as some people think any news is good news. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Moving on over to the next news. This Week in Coins, once again from Decrypt.co, written by Tim Haki. Uh, the crypto market was having an uneventful week amid these late summer doldrums until Friday when the world's leading cryptocurrency dropped 4% in the space of 24 hours. The price plummet was triggered by Federal Reserve Chair Jay Powell remarks in Jackson Hole that the Fed will keep raising interest rates as long as it takes to combat inflation. These combats sent stocks reeling as well, not just crypto. To kick off the weekend, all of the top 10 cryptocurrencies by market cap are showing a net loss over the past seven days, except for Cardano, which is anticipating a hard fork coming next month. Bitcoin is down 5% the past week, Ethereum down 6%, Solana 10%, Dogecoin 8%. Ethereum supporters still have high hopes that the upcoming merge event will pump ETH, but this week, the number of weekly ETH deposits sent for staking on the beacon chain hit an all-time low, as per data from Dune Analytics. The Beacon Chain is an Ethereum ledger that coordinates the network 
of Ethereum stakers. It has been running in parallel with Ethereum's mainnet since its launch in 2020 when Ethereum completes its upcoming major network overhaul next month, dubbed the Merge. The mainnet will be merged with the Beacon Chain to make a fully proof-of-stake Ethereum network. Once Ethereum transitions to a proof-of-stake consensus protocol, the network promises to be faster, cheaper, more scalable, and 99% greener. All right, the general in inertia across the markets this week was reflected in the news cycle. It was pretty slow news week as far as crypto adoption or regulations was concerned. The Australian Treasury said in a statement on Monday that it has a comprehensive plan to establish a crypto regulatory framework based on the market research that it claims will be better than anywhere else in the world. Australia will start with token mapping work this year, which is it says will help identify how crypto assets are related services should be regulated. After the preliminaries are done, the Treasury says it will have a timeline for changes to legislation and regulations. The Australian Treasury also said it will soon release a public consultation paper about token mapping. On Tuesday, Coinbase CEO Brian Armstrong confessed to CNBC that the company is still feeling the effects of crypto winter. Coinbase laid off 18% of its staff earlier this year and will be cutting costs in an effort to plan for a bear market that lasts 12 to 18 months or longer. Quote, we're investing today so much in subscription and services revenue. End quote. Armstrong said, because I'd like to get to a place where more than 50% of our revenue is subscription and service. According to Armstrong, 18% of Coinbase's current revenue comes from subscription and services. Coinbase currently offers Coinbase Cloud, a suite of blockchain products development services, and Coinbase One, a service that offers high-level customer support and other benefits. Meanwhile, American investors waiting for an SEC-approved Bitcoin exchange-traded fund will have to wait a little while longer after the SEC again delayed its decision on Vanex Bitcoin ETF application by another 45-day period. This means that the agency has until October 11th to either, quote, approve or disapprove or institute proceedings to determine whether to disapprove the proposed rule change, end quote. Finally, we got an update on Ethereum's merge date, and it's potentially even sooner than previously expected. According to a Wednesday blog post by the Ethereum Foundation, a, the network overhaul will now be fully completed between September 10th and 20th. Ethereum core devs on Twitter have been even more specific on or close to September 15th. After eight years of waiting, that's truly right around the corner. Yay! <laughs> I mean, I'm happy about it for reasons that are probably not apparent to everybody, so. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll just have to see how everything goes. Obviously, there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of interest in, in proof of stake, especially from those people who've been mining it for a long period of time. So, coming soon by Kate Irwin on Decrypt. The Cardano hard fork. Yes, it's not a plastic fork. It's actually a metal fork. No. <laughs> Sorry. The Ethereum merge may be right around the corner, but so is Cardano's, Va Cardano's Vasil hard fork. V-A-S-I-L, Vasil. Cardano is a peer-reviewed proof-of-stake blockchain which supports smart contracts and NFTs and aims to solve global challenges surrounding identity management. Its ADA token, pardon, its token ADA is number eight cryptocurrency by market cap according to CoinMarketCap data. In a live stream on Friday, Cardano founder Charles Hopkinson shared a brief update on the Vasil hard fork named after a Cardano evangelist and mathematician, Vasil Dabov, who recently passed away. Quote, extensive testing is still being done, end quote, Hoskinson said. 
He shared technical details surrounding the hard fork's progress, including a number of bugs he's aware of that will need fixing. And there's a video of him in Twitter here. Cryptocurrency hard forks occur when participants on blockchain networks agree to upgrade their software to a new version more or less simultaneously. It's a major upgrade compared to a soft fork, which is typically less time intensive and allows network participants to slowly update their software over time. Hoskinson who also co-founded Ethereum, told viewers the hard fork will occur sometime in September. Perhaps not coincidentally, the long-awaited Ethereum merge is supposed to also happen at that time. The exact date of the Cardano hard fork, however, depends on, uh, on crypto exchanges, Hodkinson said. The next major lift is, get, uh, is to get the exchanges on board. Binance is reporting that they're currently upgrading by volume. He added that generally what happens is after a hard fork date is announced, you see a big rush and people push through. So, yeah, there's going to be a hard fork and people are, and that's exactly when after this announcement, we already saw, per the commentary earlier, that the top 10 uh, cryptocurrencies out there are all down, except what? Cardano. So, yep. a lot of people are hoping it goes back to $2. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the hope, right? There's a lot of people invested in Cardano. Certainly. All right, so moving on to next news. This one's written by, uh, once again, at Decrypt.co, written by Jason Nelson. The FBI's newest podcast subject, question mark, the Crypto Queen on the run. Everyone has a podcast these days, but the U.S. Federal Bureau of Investigations was an early adopter of the medium. In a popular monthly Inside the FBI podcast was launched in 2008 and is today ranked number 11 among U.S. government podcasts on Apple, according to podcast analytics site Chartable. The, um, uh, this month's uh, edition is dedicated to crypto queen Ruja Ignatova, who has been on the lam since, fe since fle fleecing investors on the OneCoin scam in 2017. She's made the FBI's notorious top most wanted list Two months ago, yet despite a $100,000 reward, she remains at large. The podcast recapped the case, but didn't pro, uh, provide any new information. And there's a tweet there. OneCoin, which launched in 2014, claimed to be mineable to be a mineable cryptocurrency with a maximum supply of $120 billion, coin, 120 billion coins. The scheme lured investors with the promise of being a Bitcoin killer. But unlike BTC, OneCoin's blockchain did not exist. Quote, OneCoin is easy to use. OneCoin is for everyone. Make payments everywhere, everyone, globally. And this is who we are. Global citizens of a small world wanting to make a change. End quote. Ignatova said in, in a 2016 speech a year before going on the run after allegedly defrauding investors of billions. She is currently 42 years old and has brown eyes and dark brown hair. Uh, said Monica Grover, host of the Inside FBI's podcast, which might narrow it down to somewhat. <laughs> However, investigators believe she could have changed her physical appearance. Mm -hmm. Ignatova wasn't that visible in 2018, 2019, and plastic surgeons are very discreet with rich clients. Jamie Bart uh, Bartlett, investi investigative jour journalist and host of the 2019 BBC podcast, The Missing Crypto Queen, told Decrypt. The authorities... Stay predictably quiet, tight-lipped about ongoing and live investigations. Indeed, Grover said in, it, in the FBI podcast that Ignatova may not have only changed her physical appearance, but is able to speak multiple languages, including English, German, Bulgarian, making finding her all the more difficult. 
Bartlett, however, believes the feds have been running down some possible leads. I do think we host the missing crypto queen uh, have been getting closer, he said. That would, of course, provide an excellent finale to Bartlett's podcast. Indeed, he said more episodes are in the development and coming soon. As for authorities, maybe the Bureau should offer that $100,000 reward in Bitcoin instead. Yeah. Ooh, yes. <laughs> or yes. something other than Bitcoin, even. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's kind of cool, actually, if they would do that. They're like, hey, what if she claimed it herself, though? I know where she is. <laughs> Lying. Anyways, uh, moving on to a Coinbase. Interesting to me, article by Sandra Lutz. Coinbase will consider listing Ethereum forks following merge. Very interesting, in my opinion. With Ethereum long-anticipated merge around the corner, Crypto exchanges are now having to decide whether to support a controversial attempt to resist the transition. On Thursday, America's largest crypto exchange signaled it may be willing to do so. Coinbase will consider listing forked proof-of-work versions of Ethereum as they arise post-merge, the company announced in a blog post. At, quote, at Coinbase, our goal is to list every asset that is legal and safe to list. So that we create a level playing field for all the new assets being created in crypto while continuing to protect our customers, in quote, stated the company in an updated portion of the statement first published on August 16th. Quote, should an ETH proof-of-work fork arise following the merge, this asset will be reviewed with the same rigor as any other asset that is listed on our exchange, in quote. The company has previously been very mum on the subject of supporting forked Ethereum tokens and has been vocal on its support of the new proof-of-stake model of Ethereum set to be created next month's merge. The new staked Ethereum is what will power the upgraded more, efficiency, more efficient proof-of-work network, but it will also end the practice of proof-of-work. <laughs> Ethereum mining, that is. Currently, ETH is created by an energy-intensive process, ironically, just like Bitcoin. Anyways, I know that's not in here. Process, which so-called miners direct huge amounts of computer power to difficult-to-solve puzzles in hopes of obtaining blocks of newly minted ETH. In an effort to preserve the practice of ETH mining post-merge, a prominent Chinese crypto miner recently launched a campaign to fork or split the Ethereum network upon the merge and in the process to create an alternative, still mineable version of Ethereum proof of work. Uh, that forked proof of work version is going to be called ETHW. And it's funny because we already have a proof of work that's old and still works. It's called ETH Classic. ETH Classic, yeah. <laughs> right. And it's not worth nearly as much, but it, it, it's sort of profitable. It's like probably 80% as profitable as ETH is right now. Since the campaign, campaign began earlier this month, multiple crypto exchanges, including Justin Sun's Polyanex, Huobi, Huobi, right? Huobi? Um, BitMEX, which I can't believe is still alive, and BitTrue have begun listing ETHW-affiliated financial products such as futures and exchange-specific IOU tokens that are contingent on ETHW fork actually taking place next month. Binance, the world's largest cryptocurrency exchange by volume, did not jump to such a financial product, but also did not rule out the possibility of eventually listing ETHW, stating it would be consider would consider supporting any forked Ethereum assets on a case-by-case -case dependent basis, dependent on the same strict listing review process used for other coins. 
Thursday revised announcement from Coinbase is consistent with such an approach. Both companies appear to be waiting on waiting to see if an ETH W fork actually occurs and how its affiliated token fares in a post-merge environment. IOU versions of ETHW, meanwhile, have plummeted since receiving an initial round of speculative buzz in the weeks following the token's debut on Polyonex uh, on August 8th. ETHW plummeted some 62% down to 52.59. That's not a lot because it wasn't worth much in the first place. At writing, ETHW has plunged a further 13% to 4568, according to CoinMarketCap. Further, 24-hour trading volume for the token has all but collapsed, down 93% from a high of 13.8 million shortly after its debut to less than a million dollars on August 25th. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to predict the future, but people have been trying to do it for years. What do you think about this idea about IOUs? Um, it, it's the same thing as futures, in a sense. It's it's just this. If it, with the future, you're saying. I'm betting the price will be at this point, whatever you think it will be, and then you mark it, and then, if, of course, the price is, is uh, lower, then you can, you know, uh, you'll, you can sell it. If it's high, you can buy it. So Would you get into it? Oh, I'm not. I mean, I'm going... I think you already know my policy on this. I don't buy coin. I mine it. Right, right. <laughs> so when it becomes available, I will probably mine it. But... Uh, I'm, right now, I'm basically I'm using the mining hardware I just picked up. I got a, an Octominer 12x, um, and I've been using it with 12 cards to see how it performs, to see how I'm going to be using that in the future. Possibly, it, it actually is one of my favorite um, open or closed cases so far. So nice, good, good, good. Well, hopefully, it's profitable. Profitable for you. Right now, nothing is profitable, but that's not really my concern. It's it's. The thing is, and this is always true with Dynamo, when Dynamo returns to its former glory or, or higher, um, then at that point will it pay off because it was the same thing with the Gala coin. You know, when I got it, it was worth nothing. And then it went up in value and it became worth something, so I sold it. That will also happen when Dynamo goes up. <laughs> yeah. All right, last news, news of the day. This one's coming in from CryptoPotato.com, written by Felix Molin. The Wolf of Wall Street, Jordan Belfort... I was wrong about Bitcoin going to zero. On August 27, Jordan Belfort, the man that inspired the award-winning movie The Wolf of Wall Street, said during an interview with Yahoo Finance that he was wrong when he claimed that the price of Bitcoin would reach zero. As Belfort put it, he, uh, when he made the claim in 2017, he hated cryptocurrencies because the market was surrounded by scams. This has been slowly changing over the years but remains an adverse effect of decentralization. And here's a quote. At the time that I really hated crypto, I stand by everything I said about crypto in 2017, except for one thing. I was wrong about Bitcoin going to zero, but I didn't look closely enough because I just said it's a scam because it has seemed like like that because in all the earmarkings of that. End quote. A self-declared NFT Twitter enthusiast, Belfort, noted that he changed his mind about Bitcoin when it crashed and went down to $3,000 during the 2018 crash. The Bitcoin price did not go to zero, as the billionaire expected, i.e. it did not crash at all uh, crash all at once as Terra Luna did. So he started to take a closer look at the project. Here's another quote. What turned, what turned me was slowly but surely, number one, when it crashed and went down to $3,000. Like, it was still like a multi-billion dollar market cap. I was like, wait a second. 
when things crash, they go like Luna, Terra, or and US, UST. That's what happens. They're supposed to go go. They're supposed to go the way of UST. That was the first thing that made me start looking closely at it. End quote. At the first, at the, also at the time, Belfort feared that the U.S. regulations could slow Bitcoin adoption, as China has been trying to do. However, unlike China, several several senators and governors in the U.S. are pro-Bitcoin and are working to make sure regulations don't slow its path. Belfort says people should not invest in Bitcoin expecting to realize their investments in 12 to 24 months. Ideally, they should have a horizon of about four to five years. In that time frame, he would be surprised that they didn't make money because of Bitcoin's underlying fundamentals, which are really strong. Here's another quote. At some point in time, there will be enough maturity with Bitcoin where it starts to trade more like a store of value and less like a growth stock. End quote. Belfort noted that regulations are needed to better the cryptocurrency ecosystem because even though many scams are fraud and frauds exist in the traditional markets, they pale in proportion compared to the crypto sphere. An average person with little knowledge can trade and make a decent profit in the stock market. In contrast, in the crypto markets, people get slaughtered. Mm -hmm. And this is something that could change if the proper pro-innovation regulations are in place. As Belfort's preferred cryptocurrencies, the, the Wall Street tycoon made it clear that he only trusts bitcoin and ethereum and that any other investments he will make in other currencies would be for speculations or gambling with his friends and as he says it is a move that requires people to be willing to lose everything huh. everything you invested so yes that's the reason we say if you're not willing to lose it don't play with it <laughs> yep all right that's actually i actually did like that article so yeah anything on that no i mean he's right it, it's it's good to see because he said you know like Luna if it was going to crash completely we'd go all the way to zero and it didn't so I wonder I wonder how much of it he bought when it went to three thousand <laughs> <laughs> all right let's go ahead and wrap this up with so, that said cryptonauts until next, next time, time stack sats stack sats and, and, and hodl adios, adios.